The horror movies in the 1950s often featured tentacled creatures, horrific beasts, mutants of, of the nuclear age. But could there be a tentacled terror in the waters of the Sooner State? Oklahoma? Have you heard of the Oklahoma octopus? From a child born into this world, we are taught what to believe. Close-minded, we become fearful to be deceived. Still, we desire to know what lies beyond that locked door. The art of the storyteller, conjuring tales of legend and lore. History hidden, lost knowledge, things forgotten, and the unknown. These are the things that direct us and will set the tone. Welcome, friends, to another episode of Nightmares on the Lost Highway. Now, immediately, we're going to start out with this. The plural of octopus, the accepted plural, <laughs> is octopuses. Octopi is acceptable, but the actual designated plural is octopuses. Octopuses. We had a lot of debate about this we leading did. up to this particular episode, and we knew we were going to use that term. We know we're not experts or specialists, but this one really troubled us with exactly how to identify Yeah, it. we wanted to make sure that we, we knew what we were talking about, and we wanted to at least sound as educated as possible. <laughs> make a fatal attempt. <laughs> so, a couple of facts about the lakes of, of Oklahoma. One, they're all man-made. There are no natural lakes in Oklahoma. They were all made in about the mid-20th century. You have three significant lakes, the ones that are going to figure into our stories here. Lake Thunderbird, Lake Ulaga, and Lake Tinkiller. Very Indian-esque yeah. names, imagine that. Primarily Lake Thunderbird, which, strangely enough, is also named after you know a creature of mythology or a cryptid. Yes. I believe is it's even on our list to talk about it eventually. Is a future podcast. <laughs> But Lake Thunderbird was uh, constructed, the reservoir was constructed between 1962 and 1965. They dammed the Illinois River to create Lake Thunderbird. Now, there's a high mortality rate on Oklahoma lakes that seems to have increased as time goes by, with a large number of unexplained drownings and disappearances. If you look online, people that live in Oklahoma will tell you that the reason that there there's so many unexplained disappearances <laughs> and drownings is because not most people go ahead and tie one on and finish off a six-pack before they go swimming. At least, yes. And uh, put themselves in a state where they're not really fit to be out there. But, of course, they're... Uh, I will say I understand this. I mean, we got Lake of the Ozarks. It's not so far. And <laughs> well, I mean, yeah, we have Party Cove. We have so. <laughs> Party Cove right there by Ha Ha Tonka. But I, now I, I'm going to argue that a little bit. Yes, I understand. But, I, I mean beer and alcohol is nothing new. Uh, they're talking about, uh, actually, the Oklahoma Conservation Department has declared since 2008 there's been a 40% increase in lake drownings. The Army Corps of Engineers actually marked it as in 2001 on, they started noticing it. Beer and alcohol is not that new. And I think there's probably a lot of people who like to drink well, previous to that. I know, I know I have a tendency to reference movies quite a bit. I'm a movie guy. But if you've ever seen the movie Idiocracy, it implies that humanity is moving down a particular path and that we're not getting <laughs> smarter. So, All right, all right. Now, there could be another reason. Ooh. I mean, obviously, we're not going to sit here and do this podcast and talk about people getting drunk and drowning. <laughs> we're, we're definitely, we definitely think that there may be another reason. Octopus or octopuses? Octopuses. We agreed <laughs> that we were going to say octopuses. Octopuses. 
Native American lore dating back over 200 years ago states that there were monstrous octopus-like beings in the ponds, the spring-fed ponds of Oklahoma, that they, uh, they called water demons, uh, particularly in the areas around the Illinois and the Verdigris River. But uh, apparently there were numerous ponds in, in the area that were spring-fed, and so when the, river, when the rivers were dammed, obviously it flooded these, these ponds. Sure. But apparently there was a, a creature that would lurk in these ponds that would wait for prey to come and get drinks from these freshwater ponds, this clean, clear water. And then uh, as they took their drink, it would lash out, grab them, and drag them to their death. Now, apparently it had a taste for human flesh. Nice. Indian tales describe it as a leech-like creature. And if you're familiar with octopi, octopuses, you know, however we want to say it. <laughs> see, see, I, I went ahead and messed up anyway. <laughs> we were trying to sound educated, man. But if uh, octopuses, there are there is the mimic octopus that, that makes a, I mean, for lack of a better phrase, makes its living copying other creatures so that it blends in and it can appear more intimidating, less intimidating, depending on what sure. its situation warrants. Chameleonistic, if that's a word. Now, there are lots of, uh, well, I don't say lots, but there are reports of swimmers claiming that tentacles from the depths have wrapped around them and tried to pull them deeper and drown them. The uh, the established story that sort of cements the octa the Oklahoma octopus into the pop culture here. Uh, the three teenagers were dragged under and drowned by the o- Oklahoma octopus: Tyler Schumann, Ruthie Simple, and Bruce Del Roy. And some reports state that there were two other teens with them who uh, had blister-like wounds and scabs that looked like sucker marks on them. Now, I'm going to stop you. I, I think this goes back to the 2007 Animal Planet series called The Lost Tapes. Is that... Uh, it's That story is, is supposed to be a, a fictionalized version of this. Of now, that, okay. Now, again, which came first? It, it's sort of hard to tell. Maybe, you know, Lost Tapes sort of popularized the Oklahoma octopus when there wasn't something to popularize. <laughs> But uh, this is supposedly the story that inspired that okay. episode. I gotcha. Now, as far as sightings go, I mean, that's about it. You know, I, I thought there would be a deeper vein of material here well, when we got to the Oklahoma I, octopus. I, I've got a couple others I'll share. But I did want to touch back on, you were talking about the Native American lore. And obviously, Oklahoma is, is very known for the Native American lore. And I, 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 I let me just say, I found in doing the research that there is probably as much disbelief for this as there is a positive well most certainly yeah um but often i I saw one story that was just like this is total hoax it couldn't exist because to your point there's no natural lakes in oklahoma they were all made in the 30s through the 60s uh, of damming up the waters but you made a good point that the Native American stories actually mentioned spring-fed ponds. Well, and the belief was also that those ponds were all interconnected underground. And I was going to say, uh, being from Missouri, I was a member of a spelunking club where we went caving for like three summers in a row. It is very common for those of you who might not be familiar that, I mean, spring-fed, that term means obviously there's fresh water coming up. That is an underground cave system. Um Around here, like here in Lebanon, several springs and even runoff water has been dye traced and it will show up in uh, one of our state parks, uh, Bennett Spring State Park. And we're talking miles and miles and miles and miles away. And this is very, very common. Um, So you've got to keep in mind is 
the truth is maybe not all that we can see at the surface. There is a lot of Missouri territory, uh, Ozarks territory, that is way below the ground level. Yeah. So these things could possibly have traveled, let's say, from you know different rivers. Um, we're talking octopus, so obviously at some point, maybe out of the sea or ocean. I wanted to just touch on that. You know, a lot of people just seem to just totally discard this entirely. Oh, well, they dammed the waters up and, you know, the Native Americans didn't even know what they were talking about. There was no lakes at that time. So yeah. I wanted to touch on that. Those those freshwater ponds factor into that. Yes, for sure. One of the, one of the stories I thought was, was pretty interesting. Um, in Mays County, Oklahoma, this is on August 9th, 2017, happened to be right after a massive storm had hit the region. Oh. Uh, this sounded like uh, maybe not even a thunderstorm, but possibly like a tornado. I mean, there was the, the the newspaper was talking about the massive amounts of damage, but the local newspaper picks up a story about a local golfer who found a small octopus on the banks of the golf course lake. Uh, they had pictures of him holding this octopus up. That was it was pretty small. Uh, I'm going to say 12, 14 inches. Uh, so. You know, definitely not something lurking in the lakes that could pull somebody under. But the point was he found an octopus on a golf course by the lake in Oklahoma. <laughs> That's what we're talking about. However, it later came out a couple days later after the newspaper article uh, came out that there on this lake, uh, just we'll say miles within this, was a yacht club who was known to have a seafood buffet. And on the seafood buffet, that particular time when the storm hit, was a small octopus that was on the seafood buffet. So, we either have a prankster who you know threw that off, or most likely just because of the storm hit, it wiped out, did a lot of damage. But, I mean, this is the kind of stuff that lore and legends are made of. I mean, you believe the Oklahoma octopus exists, or you don't believe... You're out there shooting a, a game of golf, and and oh my gosh, lo and behold, there's a there's a baby octopus just laying out here on the ground. So that that was kind of a humorous twist, <laughs> but uh, that was a, a true story that was aired. And obviously, there was an octopus they, they in did Oklahoma. Find an octopus. Can't deny it. Can't deny it. Well, I think before we get too much further, we ought to at least describe what people see when they claim to have seen the the Oklahoma octopus. Besides the one on the golf course. Yeah, besides the one on the golf course. <laughs> uh, they describe a, a reddish-brown, leathery-skinned creature that's roughly the size of a horse. Uh, possibly there's more than one. Uh, of course, long tentacles, uh, very octopus-like. Some people supposedly have even described it as a shark with tentacles, which sort of harkens back to another cryptozoological creature. Did, the, you, just, did you just say a shark A with shark tentacles. with tentacles. Okay. Uh, now that's even more outlandish, but it is does go along with another cryptozoological the the Luska, which is uh, from the Bahamas. So we'd be a little little ways away from from the native territory of the Luska. Okay. And again, we may talk about the Luska later. I I sort of stumbled upon it while I was doing the little looking around for this Shark one. Shark with tentacles. That sounds terrifying. <laughs> yeah. Now this could be some sort of living fossil. Tens of millions of years ago, that part of the world was a a shallow sea. So obviously would have been teeming with these sorts of creatures at that point in time. So maybe something got trapped, something got caught in those caves when they, they the waters receded and it became the continent of, of North America that it is now. Understood. Um, 
and we we find that a lot of these creatures that we talk about, you know, whether it's the Ozark Howler, whether we talk about Megalodon, whether we talk about the Ozark Octopus, or o- Oklahoma Octopus, I keep saying Ozark o- Octopus, <laughs> the Oklahoma Octopus, we're talking about creatures that are sort of out of time. They shouldn't be there, but, you know, a million years ago or tens of millions of years ago, it would have been the perfect habitat for that creature. Right. And we need to think about that for a moment. Tens of millions of years ago... It wasn't just the the land that was different. It wasn't just that this was covered by a sea, but the environment, the air. There would have been more oxygen in the air. You know, the the entire. You know, we we talk about there's giant insects and, and there's stories about giant spiders and giant insects in different parts of the world. And scientists will tell you that yes, there used to be giant insects because there was more oxygen available. A pure oxygen, more oxygen, absolutely. Yeah. So the world itself. It's not just the fact that there used to be a sea. It's not that it evolved, possibly it devolved. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I've read about that as well. And, and even like in the rainforest, where obviously you have a lot more trees and a lot more oxygen, it is typical that spiders and bats and different things that grow there are larger because there's more oxygen. And correct me if I'm wrong, uh, I believe like sports injuries and stuff like that, they often put people inside of a enclosure. I'm not sure the terminology, but it increases the oxygen level. So they'll heal faster. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. I mean, it, that's kind of a documented uh, case and scenario. So, you know, we want to talk about sightings of, you know, displaced octopuses. I have a, a John Mazurik who, uh, outside of Mayflower, Arkansas in December of 2003, captured a live octopus on the Lake Conway Dam. I read about this. It wasn't very big. I think all said and done, probably 8 to 12 inches. It wasn't wasn't big. But this is December, and it's clinging to the dam. This we, is cold time of season, I will say. December, I mean, even in yeah. Arkansas. That, okay. As, as becomes pretty common with sightings of octopuses in the wrong place, you know, somebody, they, they claim it must have been set free by someone from their aquarium. Oh, yes, the aquarium story. And I think we... You you were talking about the prices of these things. Yeah, uh, my wife and I, I, I got to say, we, we we look into rare breeds and strange things. And we've actually, believe it or not, we've checked into what would it take to own a pet octopus? Yeah, we're those weird people. Um, the aquarium story. Okay, I know they throw this out so often. We talked about this with the piranhas in a previous podcast. And they're like, yeah, that's why they're at the Lake of the Ozarks. Somebody grew them in the aquarium. They got too big, didn't want to deal with it, and they threw them out. A live octopus to purchase even a small, and I'm talking inches, three, four inches, is somewhere around five to $700. If you had, let's just say this was a 12-inch octopus, why in the world would you throw that into a, a lake there are people who would buy that. I, I'm sorry. I'm going to interject here. It seems like a lot of money to throw away. Yeah, you might as well just throw $2,000 at your window <laughs> as you're driving down the highway. I mean, just because you might decide, hey, this is too big to handle anymore. I don't want to deal with it. Uh, somebody out there is crazy enough to buy it, and they would love to have it. Now, I, I will say um, octopus are extremely intelligent. Yeah. Uh, I've saw videos online. We, we've talked about this. You can take a mason fruit jar, for example, drop it into an aquarium with the lid closed, and there is footage of a small octopus who will unscrew the lid off the mason jar, go down inside the mason jar, and somehow even reattach the lid while it is inside said jar. Well, and you have the story of the, the octopus that was living in an aquarium. 
and there was a light that apparently disrupted his sleep cycle. And he had <laughs> he figured out this. Yeah. He, yeah, he had figured out how to squirt water up onto that particular light so that it would break the light break so that light he bulb. no longer had that problem. Yeah. It's lights out, boys and girls. Psh, you know. Yeah, yeah so the, they're they're smart creatures. I mean, brain size per body mass is, is insane. They are regarded as, as you know, there's there's a little video of somebody waving to one in a tide pool and it literally waves, waves back. back. <laughs> so they, they definitely recognize things like that. So again, if you had a octopus in an aquarium, I'm not saying it would be easy to care for. I'm I'm just saying the realistic part of if you were one of those people and you purchased one, you would have paid realistically five to seven hundred dollars for a, an infant one. Why wouldn't you want to try to get your money back? Somebody out there would buy that. Yeah, you know, I, I yeah, you would think somebody would buy it. Not just pitch it in the lake. Okay, oh. enough about that. Well, we've got a couple of sightings of octopuses or, or cephalopod type creatures in Arkansas or in Arkansas. No, the the Conway Dam was in Arkansas. No, uh in Oklahoma. There was a in on April sixth, uh, two thousand eleven, on the Canadian River, near Oklahoma City, uh there's there's photo evidence of a guy who claims to have caught a small octopus like creature. Uh, let's say the size of a the opening of a beer mug. Okay. All said and done. Okay. Uh, he was said he caught that one about 30 feet off from shore and that he saw four or five more in the area where he was fishing. Interesting. Now, there's a, a lady that reported catching one of similar size October 1st, 2015 on Lake Thunderbird. She said she was fishing at a depth of about 30 feet using minnows as live bait and had hooked one of these octopi, octopuses, cephalopod. There's so many words we can use. Uh, and again, roughly the same size. It wasn't very big, but this supposedly is evidence that there are an unknown, you know, population of octopuses yeah. in the area. And, and I, obviously, I mean, I think it goes without reason. We, we're talking more than one octopus in Oklahoma. Yeah, it, we have to. And I did a little research just on the species of the octopus. I found it very enlightening i had no idea but the lifespan of most octopuses is simply three to five years um their adult weight i thought this was interesting their adult weight is roughly one third of all the food they have eaten during their lifetime so if you eat a person on average you're going to gain 30 40 pounds you might be approaching a horse size octopus well, if well, you'd eaten a couple. Well, let's be honest. I mean, we're talking about Americans here. Let's say closer to 50, 60 pounds. <laughs> but uh, both the male and females die shortly after breeding. Males commonly die just a couple months after they breed. Now, the females, they will lay their eggs and guard them for their final months. Um, while species do vary, eggs laid can literally be in the thousands. And the reason why I mention this is you were talking about that in the story. There were several small ones that were noted. For an example, the giant Pacific octopus, obviously this is the giant breed, uh, they have documented can lay anywhere between 20,000 and 100,000 eggs. Now, I should say that out of that, maybe 1% to 2% is expected to survive basically to the size you're talking about, you know, three, yeah. four inch diameter yeah. kind of thing. natural predators tend to, to weed out a lot of those. Yes. And the infants, I guess, literally can look like small plankton just kind of drifting in the water. So they could be pretty hard to spot until they get some size on them. Well, you were talking about the giant Pacific octopus. We have a list of candidates here, creatures that could potentially be a man eater 
Uh, the giant Pacific octopus was one of the first ones I figured I would touch on. Okay. Uh, typically found on the coastal North Pacific. So we're talking California, Oregon, Washington, British Columbia, Alaska, Russia, you know, that, that part of the world. All the way around to Japan and the Korean Peninsula. Uh, they can be between 33 and 110 pounds. They have an arm span of 14 to 20 foot. Wow. And those tentacles are said to be, uh, they didn't give an exact measurement, but, but the tentacles are said to be the strength of a strong man. So uh, it's believable that a, a squid, or squid, an octopus of that size could grab a person and, and pull them underneath. Uh, there's also the gigantic octopus, which much like the, you know, we have the giant squid and then the gigantic squid. This is sort of a rumored creature. We don't have proof that it exists yet. Uh, but it would be significantly larger even than the the uh, p- giant Pacific octopus. Hmm. Which I may have said squid there a couple times. But if I did if I did say giant gigantic squid, I was of course saying octopus. We'll say octopus. But uh, again, substantially larger than the giant Pacific. Of other culprits that came up, uh, giant catfish. And even right here in my notes, I said, we've seen this before. We've saw this before, absolutely. Uh, Of course, the story being that the catfish's barbells, the whiskers, as they roll over in the water, could be mistaken for tentacles. Now, Now, my question is, how big a catfish do you got to be? Freaking huge. (laughs) I mean, my goodness. And again, we've, we've previously talked about the size of catfish. You know, catfish get... You know, six feet long, seven feet long, maybe, with with legends and rumors of catfish the size of cars or buses. Yeah. But those are only rumors. Well, an octopus, well, an octopus, a catfish with tentacles that would be considered, well, whiskers that could be considered tentacles would have to be school bus size or yeah, larger. Yeah, you're, you're talking a monstrous that fish. huge. Okay. Um, now, they do occasionally find juvenile alligators in the waters of Oklahoma, so it's not impossible that maybe they have adult alligators but again it could be the the aquarium refugees if you will somebody gets an alligator decides it's too big to take care of chucks it out in the water or and hopes for the best or as we talked about maybe a storm a tornado or something hits a hits an area well, and obviously well, could release them and even with climate change obviously the middle of the country stays warmer than it used to it's not uncommon for some of these creatures to be drifting a little bit north we've had some alligator encounters in missouri even yeah. so but one of the things Bill and I talked about when we were discussing this story for the for the podcast is I had never heard of a cryptid for Oklahoma, much less it being an octopus. Well, yeah. well again, what, what prompted this is, is in researching the other, one of our other episodes, I'd stumbled upon a map of the United States with a little pictographic representation in each state of that state's most common cryptid. Now, you see a lot of hairy hominids. You know, you got the skunk ape of Florida, the Missouri Momo, things like that. And and those things are pretty normal. And then, of course, you see the Mothman and the Jersey Devil. You know, these, these common stories that we're right, familiar with. Right. And then smack dab in the middle of the country, I see this octopus on the middle of Oklahoma. And I'm like, how does Oklahoma have an octopus? You couldn't get, seriously, more landlocked than right smack dab in the central United States. Yeah, an, an octopus. Now, obviously, the main question is... How in the world could an octopus get to Oklahoma? And we've talked about some of the underground, the caverns and different things. But then you might take it a step further and say, how would it even survive if it did get there? Um, I wanted to do a little research and touch on this. Uh, Other saltwater creatures have been found that have adapted to freshwater. One being the jellyfish. 
uh, there are species of jellyfish. Well, I think certain species do have like a freshwater counterpart, but based on what I was able to find, like squids and octopi, octopuses, are like the one creature that does not have a freshwater counterpart. That we know of. Yeah, that we're aware of. That we know of. Like a steelhead trout, for example, to your point, they can either live in salt or freshwater. Um, well, obviously, the bull shark has a way of surviving. I was, was going to say several breeds of sharks. Uh, I mean, you go to a, a nicer aquarium shop and you'll find different breeds of sharks and, and stuff that you can get. Obviously, those are sharks. They have adapted certain breeds. So it is a possibility that maybe we just don't know about it, but an octopus that has survived. Going back to the Arkansas Conway, uh, the dam. Oh, on the dam, yeah. I mean, yeah. come on. Let's say if you were stupid enough to throw a $2,000 octopus in the lake, <laughs> it was December for Pete's sake, and the guy found it clinging alive to the side of the dam. But but people commonly, like the, the people that know things would say that this had to have been released literally within minutes of this guy's arrival. Yeah, I mean, the guy could be spotted on the other side of the lake with a bucket still running off. Yeah. I mean, what's the chances that this guy is going to walk up there moments after it happened and say, oh, yeah, I saw you throw that octopus in there, and I'm here to rescue it. Well, I will say, if you do a, if you do a search for freshwater octopus, you will find a few documented accounts of other octopuses in places they didn't belong. In December, on, on December 24th, 1933, a Robert Trice and an R.M. Saunders were fishing on the Kanawha River near Charleston, West Virginia, when they hauled in a three-foot octopus. Now, this story is Whoa. believed to be a hoax, but West Virginia is kind of on the coast. Right. So it's theoretically possible that maybe this creature had made its way up the, the waterways. On January 30th, 1859, there was a gray octopus seen to, uh, moving along the surface and onto the bank of the Licking River near Covington, Kentucky. Now, that's a little further inland. Did you say on the bank? Yeah, like it, it had moved along the surface and then pulled itself up on the shore of the river. Interesting. And an octopus can survive out of the water for a while. For short term, yeah. Uh, and then on a November 19th, 1999, there was a dead octopus found on the bank of the Ohio River uh, in Falls of the Ohio State Park in Jeffersonville, Indiana. It was identified as possibly a Caribbean arm stripe or bumblebee two-stripe octopus, both of which are commonly available in aquariums. So, hmm. again, maybe somebody chucked one out. And like you said, though, that seems like a lot of money. Now, looking into similar tales, I did find uh, one of my more... I, I always seem to find one little detail that I really love in, in almost every one of these episodes. <laughs> I found a story of the Pacific Northwest tree octopus, said to be an endangered species that could live on both land and in water. It was absolutely proven to be a hoax. It was uh, uh, started by a guy in 1998. He started a campaign to save the endangered Pacific Northwest tree octopus. <laughs> And again, the Pacific Northwest, very damp region, gets a lot of rain. It's right there on the coast. It seems kind of believable. But at the same time, obviously, there's there's no population of octopuses that live in the trees. I'd be like, excuse me, I'm going to go walk my octopus <laughs> in a nice forest walk here. I, I just get the uh, I get this image in my head, you know, Missouri, you have people go squirrel hunting and just somebody walking <laughs> through the woods. Octopus! You know, and they... Boom! Shoot it out of the tree, drops down and falls on some guy's head. Now, there is a story of a giant squid in Colorado waters. I didn't dig into that very much, but I just saw the sort of a small reference to that. 
And then in Wisconsin, you have the Devil's Lake Monster. It's brackish water, so it's not completely fresh. A little salt, a little and fresh. It's described as an octopus-like creature. Now, I, I have that marked as possibly a future episode. It seems like there's a little more detail on that particular critter. So, Interesting, interesting. So, I mean, you're swimming in an octo- octopus-infested lake, apparently, in, in the <laughs> middle of Oklahoma. I mean, that is definitely some B-movie, you know... Be horror movie story right there. Was that a minnow that just hit my toe? Yeah, none of that. It's like every scary movie you've ever seen where somebody's in the water and all of a sudden they're just yanked underneath and they don't pop back up. And again, it's mind-blowing that in a place like Oklahoma, of all they're places, known for an octopus. Oklahoma. I mean, you look at that map and you've got Thunderbirds and, and Harry Hominid. I mean, it, it just it's out. It, it just caught me completely it's by surprise. Mind-boggling. I know when you mentioned it, I seriously, I thought you were joking. And I'm like, Oklahoma octopus? Really? <laughs> really? And you're like, oh, yeah, I saw it. I'm, I, I, and sure enough, I went in and started researching it immediately. And it's like, oh, my gosh, how did I not know about this? Now, now mind you, the Lost Tapes episode, that show is sort of fictionalized. So, I mean, the fact that that episode even figures in. But then, you know, you do have some photographic evidence. The, the guy that caught one on the, the river there. The Canadian River. You know, there's a picture of him with his pole, with this little octopus creature sort of hanging from the line. Again, some people would argue and it'd be like, okay, but they couldn't survive. They couldn't survive very long. So, again, we have some documented proof, and it just so happens that all of these people have caught these, have seen these within days, maybe a week of being able to survive. Well, and in the case of the guy on the Canadian River, he said there were multiple. There's like, he saw four or five more along the, the, the river there. That definitely sounded like a... Maybe it's not the correct term. A litter of yeah. octopuses. <laughs> not uh, yeah. sure what that term uh, is, but I think a when, grouping. I, I think when you deal with eggs, it's a clutch. But a I clutch might be of wrong. eggs. Okay, okay. But yeah, obviously, I mean, there's several of them identified being about the same size. So obviously, you would think, okay, there's several of them here. So I mentioned thousands of eggs. Yes. Yeah. yeah. There's. There's. Uh, and again, that's just a survival tactic of of creatures. You know. Quantity over quality in that case to make sure that some of them survive. And it is kind of impressive. I mean, it's obviously not something big enough to jerk someone under the water, but to, to see multiples three, four inch in diameter, it must not be that hard to survive, you know, at least for months. But with that short life expectancy, could they even get that big? Well, yeah, I mean, one third of everything they eat defines their size is what i had i had read so yeah i mean i don't know i don't know i'm i'm really on the fence on this one it it's intriguing beyond belief so so of course we again go back to the initial question is there a tentacle terror in the lakes of the sooner state regardless this is just another example of tales you'll hear from nightmares on the lost highway I would like to thank uh, Alex Tudor, who has been helping us uh, a lot uh, with our endeavors on this podcast. You can call him our producer at this point, I think. Our producer, electronic recording technician. Uh, um, he's uh, the one that's setting up all the mics and the hardware in the background. And then Bill Weirs is going through taking his time to try to clean and edit this up and uh, give us the best possible version that we can present to you folks. want to thank everybody involved with that.